Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. That you all should know Chicago is the greatest place I ever know I'm gonna stay in this town I'm gonna live in this town I'm gonna live in Chicago It's the greatest place around What new star players may be joining the Cubs and White Sox in 2022? David and Bruce explore the free agent and trade market as the offseason takes shape. Will it be Carlos Correa hitting long balls at Clark and Edison? You and the guys discuss possible offseason MLB moves and speculate who may be Chicago bound at 312-644-6767 on Inside the Clubhouse. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 67. This for David Hall, Bruce Levine. Until 11 o'clock, another hour of baseball conversation. And then it's Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage here until uh, 2.45. And then it is DePaul and Loyola right here on the score. Zach Zaidman brings you the action in a big city showdown in college basketball. Can't wait for that right here on the score. You want to be uh, listening when DePaul plays Loyola later today, Bruce, 245 pregame. But we are devoting the next hour to baseball. And right now, who is Chicago bound? Russ teased Carlos Correa. That's kind of what guy we've been talking about a lot this offseason. We are in the midst of a lockout, but the, but the speculation will continue, Bruce. I think even in the New York Post yesterday, it was mentioned that Carlos Correa – uh, and the Cubs connection. Carlos Correa's free agency decision has a big Cubs clue. What is that Cubs clue, Bruce? What are they talking about? Uh, that he likes deep dish pizza. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's that's exactly when he was here with the um, with the Houston Astros. Uh, you know, during the playoffs against the White Sox, he talked about how his family and him love Chicago and love the deep dish pizza. But uh, realistically, um, you know. You wouldn't be before the Stroman signing. You wouldn't really connect a guy like Correa with the Cubs, okay? Because mm-hmm. it didn't look like they were going in that type of direction as far as their retooling and their rebuild. But now here's what you got, David. You have Stroman. You have Hendricks. You have Miley. You have Mills. Basically, what they are, it's a ground ball pitching staff. It's a sinker ball staff in a sinker ball ballpark where you want to keep the ball down. What do you need most when you have a sinker ball pitching team, David? Sure-handed infielders. Yes. Sure-handed infielders, but you know what else? Guys who can hit who are sure-handed in the infield wouldn't hurt either 
Carlos Correa is both. He's elite, Bruce. You're going to pay a premium top dollar for what you described. I get you're right. The, the sinker baller, you know, infielder marriage is one that we always see in baseball, but this is not your ordinary let's shore up the infield with a sure-handed glove guy. This is an expensive sure-handed glove guy because of what else he represents. He's a platinum glove winner. Uh, so uh, the defense is there. Uh, he's a 30 home run hitter. He's a 100 RBI guy. He's an OPS guy. He's a uh, leader in the clubhouse as well as on the field. Uh, he didn't fit for the Cubs until Thursday. Okay. Now at age 27, David, okay, mm-hmm. he's, not, he's not 30. He's not 31. He fits into the now and he fits into the after now for the Chicago Cubs when you're looking down the line. Yes, you are going to have to pay $32 million a year for 10 years. I hate 10-year deals. 10-year deals don't ever work out. Um, you're going to have to tell me, other than a might have been getting some help along the way throughout his career, uh, where a 10-year deal has ever worked out. But in reality, spending that money on a 27-year-old shortstop Mm -hmm. and ignoring the idea that uh, injuries have been a part of his career, but dealing with the reality that this is one of the top five players in the game, um, that makes a lot of sense for the Chicago Cubs, in my opinion, now. Here's some reality too, Bruce. Okay, let's follow up your reality with mine. You've got a you've got a ownership group. You've got a team that unloaded their core players at the trade deadline because of an unwillingness or an inability to sign their stars to long-term contracts, which would have represented the type of investment you're describing with Carlos Correa. Three hundred twenty million dollars is what it likely would take to secure Carlos Correa his next contract that 320 million dollars the cubs could have theoretically gone back and and i know it's revisionist history but i guess i'm just asking Mm -hmm. for an ownership group that was unwilling to dig that deep to retain popular stars to help them you know make history with chris bryant javi Baez, anthony rizzo those players were gone because they were unable to sign these long-term contracts what changed what's different now why carlos correa is worth $320 million if Javi Baez wasn't worth, say, 150 and Chris Bryant worth 200 back in July or last spring? That's a great question. I think it can be answered this way. Those players had already accomplished something. Those players expected to be paid. Those players, with all due respect, were not performing up to the level that they had performed up to in 2016 and 2017. I think if you're the president of baseball operations like Jed Hoyer or was Epstein before that or Tom Ricketts or Crane Kenny at the top of the business part, the bottom line is if you don't perform like you did when you were a champion, we are not going to give you the money. And I think that's where it went to here. That is the difference. I think that is, that is, in a nutshell, it was as much about performance as it was about price, right? I think that's what it came down to when they made the decision to move on and to change 
you know, change the approach with, with the Cubs. I have another question for you because I agree with you for whatever reason, and maybe this is media bias or a you know, local overreaction, but I do think that the profile of the Cubs changed and the, maybe the predictions for their offseason changed when they signed Marcus Stroman. And not just because he went on Twitter and said, uh, join me, dog, or however he <laughs> worded that tweet to Carlos Correa. I think that maybe the Cubs are viewed differently in free agency now that they stepped up and they got a player of Marcus Stroman's caliber and stature. And I wonder how loudly that speaks to Carlos Correa and if it speaks much louder now than it did, say, last week at this time. Look, uh, how many? I'll answer the question by asking you a question. How many markets can afford Carlos Correa? Less than 10. Less than 10. Probably less than five. Okay. All right. So, so he may be able to go back to Houston, maybe not. Okay. He may be go, able to go to the Dodgers, maybe not. He may or may not be able to go to the Yankees, and, and they've been you know, quiet over there. Um, but, but you're thinking Freddie Freeman over there more than you are uh, Korea right now. So, so <clears throat> how many other markets – other than the Cubs, who, uh, as they say, will have money but will be intelligent how, intelligent how they spend it, how many other markets can afford a Carlos Correa at this point? I look at Correa because of his age as a yes for that type of money. It's not my money. Yeah. Uh, it's easily spent by people who are not engaged or who don't uh, have something to lose. But in, in my opinion... At 27, he's a big difference maker and also represents a signing that would tell the fan base, yes, there's a good reason that we want to be at Wrigley Field 81 days in 2022. 312-644-6767. Call or text or 630 text in. says, David, those Cub players are gone because they didn't win since the 2016 World Series. At valid point, exactly what Bruce kind of was implying. 708 says, Correa is not a top-five player in Major League Baseball, Bruce. He is a top-five shortstop. Not overall, could argue that not even the, he's not even the best player in Houston. Timing and playoff success are getting him big money now. That's a valid point, right. but still. I think it's valid. I mean, I, I might have overstated the top-five, uh, but I will say, impact-wise... He's a top five player, okay, because what he represents, because of all the championship at-bats that he's had, because of the fact that he expects to be in the playoffs every year. He will bring, bring that type of mentality to the games that he does play for the Chicago Cubs. All that is, uh, is essential for me when you're going to go step out and spend uh, $32 million a year committed for 10 years, which is... To me, still ridiculous for any any uh, athlete. But uh, if if that's the the here and now for the great shortstops, then you have to pay that price to be able to get them. You have to be willing to pay that price to be able to get them, and you have to understand your role in the marketplace and your obligation, if you will, as a team that plays at Wrigley Field right. in the Chicago market. It goes back to Bruce. I I always will remember this. It was a great interview with the guy, guy Ned Coletti, and he talked about how it was near the trade deadline, I believe, and how the Cubs do have an obligation, teams like the Cubs, to compete 
year in, year out, season in, season out. Make the kind of investments you're describing. So right now, the Cubs have to do something big. And I think, yeah, Stroman was big. They need to think even bigger and don't stop now. And and if Correa is out there and maybe he's talking to Javi Baez, maybe he didn't in terms of finding out what the, the Chicago was like. Maybe he is a friends with Marcus Stroman. Maybe he isn't. But you have to explore all these possibilities if you're Jed Hoyer and Tom Ricketts and be willing to dig deep to put a team on the field uh, that uh, is worthy of being in the spot they're in in the game. The Cubs are not going to ever be afraid to spend money. Tom Ricketts and the Cubs spent uh, the top three tier for five years in, in Major League Baseball while they were competing. So this, they're not, they're not going to try to hide their money. They're going to try to be stealth about it. They're going to try to make sure that the next wave is uh, the right way to go, that pitching is king when it comes to developing players. In the meantime, you have to have a reason. And I'll say it again. You have to have a good reason to go out to Wrigley Field other than to sun yourself or to sit in the beauty <laughs> of what is Wrigley Field, okay? There's, you know, money uh, with inflation, money is a, is a serious topic everywhere you go. So if you're going to spend it on entertainment, you are going to have to be entertained. And this would be a statement to Cub fans, welcome back to a place where we're, our journey is going to take us back to a world championship, and you're going to have players like a Stroman, like a Hendricks, like a Correa to watch play every day to try to attain our goal. Correa is a superstar. There's no question about it. He is a top-five shortstop, but, boy, he can do it all, and he has the personality that would fit perfectly in a Cub uniform on the Marquee Sports Network in this market. Fans would love him. I think he would be a great player to watch and appreciate over the next decade. Bruce, I ask you this, though. If all of those things are true and you have a manager in A.J. Hinch with the Tigers who understands and appreciates all that Carlos Correa offers, why is he still on the market and why did they sign Javi Baez instead of Carlos Correa when he was out there? How much did they spend on Javi Baez? Uh, it was $140 million. So I That's a half, pretty far at cry. At least half for, as much. Yeah. 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 So, so I don't think that market supports, uh, you know, they, they have how many years left of Miguel Cabrera? You know, that is, that is essential, too, to their revenue stream. You know, I think they still have, if I'm not mistaken, three years at least left uh, with, with Cabrera, who is a below-average player now playing DH almost every day, and they just have to wear that. So, you know, you talk about 10-year deals. There's one of them. It was great. He was one of the top players in baseball for a long time. The last four years or five years of this contract, it's not looking very good. So buyer beware when it comes to that. But in the case of, um, in the case of Correa and Detroit, I just don't think they could afford it. I think the Cubs can afford it are they going to be feeling that the term they use intelligent move applies to a 10-year deal for a shortstop that has had some physical injury uh, physical uh, problems that have kept him out of games uh, in particular uh, kind of a cranky back uh, is that a wise investment moving forward 
Before we get to the phone lines, Bruce, I want to ask you a specific question about another guy who is Chicago-bound. We don't have to speculate. We know that Jan Gomes is coming to Chicago, the backup catcher signed before the lockout began. Veteran, winner, defensive-minded. He's got a World Series ring. He's been a Silver Slugger winner. Bruce, what does that mean for his role with the Cubs and Wilson Contreras' future? Well, it gives the organization tremendous leverage. They Leverage with a veteran catcher that can come in and catch uh, 50 games or if Wilson Contreras gets hurt, catch more if he has to. Uh, a, a great pitch framer, somebody that uh, the new general manager, Carter Hawkins, knows well from his days in Cleveland as well. And it also gives them leverage in talking to Wilson Contreras about an extension and maybe getting him to sit down and say, well, they have another veteran catcher here. Um, if I want to stay in Chicago, maybe I'll listen to that four-year extension at $80 million. Uh, maybe that's that's the place I have to go here now. Nothing wrong with $80 million. And I just threw a, a number out there, but that would be sure. a likely number that Contreras would be looking at, uh, considering the, the catching market and what they're paying for it right now for a top the catcher. Score- the score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. That is where we find Rondo. Rondo, welcome to Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning. Uh, I just wanted to say that uh, I'm a lifelong Cubs fan. I'm happy with what they with, with, what they picked up. But I'm, I was going to mention Gomes, and I think the Cubs are already better than they were last year, which is the point of free agency. But I also think the next move they should make or consider, which would be the, which is Rodon. I think you put him in a cub rotation, and they probably can get him for the right price and the right term. And I just want to hear your opinion of, of what do you think is going to happen with Rodan. Interesting. Hmm. You know, um, maybe a two-for-one with the agent, right? Uh, no, I, <laughs> uh, I, I think I, – I don't know if Correa is represented by uh, Boros, but, um, but certainly Rodan is. Um, he's right. I mean, that's the type of pitcher that would fit – uh, really well for the Chicago Cubs going forward on a uh, a year or two basis because uh, you know as much as I love Carlos Rodon, he's been hurt every year of his career. So w- with that in mind, he's not getting a long-term contract. What he is is his annual average salary is going to go way up from 3.5 million to uh, to somewhere around 15 to uh, 20 million dollars. I mean. If Stroman is getting $23 million a year, what right. is Carlos Rodan worth well, on a, a one- or two-year deal? Well, Bruce, I think it's a much different scenario because there are obviously different types of pitchers, but also durability factors in. Marcus Stroman took the ball 33 times last year, and when you get Carlos Rodan as exciting as you might be as a Cub fan and as much as he has to offer every time he does take the mound – you don't know how often he's going to be able to take the mound. And that question would create some uncertainty about his price point and his, his cost per year. So I think that it do, it would be great for him to stay in Chicago and maybe pitch for the, the Cubs if he doesn't return to the White Sox. But I just think that there would be some inherent risk involved that would keep that price pretty low. Scott Boris is going to seek for uh, the highest deal possible. And to answer the question – Carlos Correa's agent, I think, is John Rosen. I don't believe he's represented right. by Scott Boris. So right. your two-for-one idea is a good one, Bruce. Always thinking ahead, but I don't know that it would apply here. No, you're right about that. Thanks for the uh, intel on that. Uh, but with Correa, 
you know, there is um, there is a question now that he doesn't have a contract. Will right. the lockout cost Carlos Correa money? Will it cost him years? Will he have to consider going back and taking a shorter deal with a quick opt-out to get the proper money that he wants for 2022, maybe 2023? A three-year deal with the Cubs with an opt-out after two for $100 million, okay? Boom. How would that, how would that be? That would be great, Bruce, and you're exactly right. And I think that's what motivated Car- Marcus Stroman to sign when he did. I think that without knowing this, but just kind of looking, reading between the lines, as you indicate, didn't that have something to do with Javi Baez going into the Tigers? He didn't want to wait. He wanted to take the sure thing now because, you know what, Javi Baez learned the hard way when he said no to the offer the Cubs made before the pandemic hit, 8 for 168. He said no, and – Maybe he regretted that, and he wasn't going to be in a position to regret turning down another offer, so he took the Tigers' offer, and he ran with it. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, David, and great points that you bring up there about the, uh, the contract that the Cubs... Uh, the Cubs offered, you know, if you, if you believe one side or the other, they offered Anthony Rizzo a good contract. They, or they offered or at least talked numbers with uh, Scott Boros about... Chris Bryant, but Chris Bryant will tell you he never saw a deal in front of him. Uh, it's not like they didn't respect or want to sign their guys for the last four years. I mean, it started after 2016 uh, trying to sign some of these players. And with the championship under their belt, they all felt that uh, they they were entitled to more. And God love them. You know, some of them may get that. But in reality here... Um, you know, a shorter-term deal for these superstars. Now Bryant and Rizzo are in the same boat as Correa. They have to yeah. wait till the end of their lockout. And how is that going to impact years and money for them? It's going to be a restless winter for those guys. I think the uncertainty would create an anxiety that I would have wanted to avoid. I would have tried to take the best deal possible like these guys did, rush to the run through LAX like Marcus Stroman did, get to your team that wants to sign you, grab a pen, and make it official because that now removes those doubts for Marcus Stroman in the offseason, and he is welcome in Chicago, and we are looking forward to having him Chicago bound. That's going to be a lot of fun, Bruce, and we're going to continue the fun with Talking Cubs. Patrick Mooney, the fine writer for The Athletic, covers the team very well, and he will join us next inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast kind of kind of speaks to to that point um i think they're they're definitely in not a full rebuild i, th- I think they definitely want to win now you know what i mean and obviously this is a city um that's an incredible fan base and Baseball is a competitive sport. You never know what you're going to get going into any year. So I, I truly don't think you could go into any year and say it's necessary to rebuild because you can have a bunch of young guys play to an incredible level and you can you can play to to you can kind of outplay how you're predicted to play. So I'm excited to compete here and, and I'm coming in here to win. You know, what I mean? I'm not just coming in here just, just to come in here like I'm coming in here to compete and win with this group of guys that we have and kind of bring that passion and that emotion and um, just just let it show to the crowd. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Hoff, Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock. And then stay tuned. We have Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum. And then at 245, DePaul Loyola with Zach Zaidman and Dave Corzine right here on the score. Big college basketball matchup in the city of Chicago. But right now, it's time to go out to our score guest line, sponsored by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. That is where we find the fine Cubs writer, covers the team for the athletic, Patrick Mooney. Good morning, Patrick. Thanks for joining us. No problem, David. How you doing? Doing well. So we heard Marcus Stroman coming in. That was his voice talking about what his presence means in terms of the Cubs and competitiveness in 2022. He says basically that his signing means no rebuild. Do you look at it the same way? Uh, not really. I think – We'll see how the Cubs respond coming out of uh, this lockout here. I think there's still a ton of work to be done. And uh, while we can daydream about Carlos Correa, and maybe that possibility seems slightly more likely uh, now than it was a few days ago, uh, I still think it's a huge leap to go from a Stroman deal that's very short-term, uh, not outlandish, to uh, really making that you know 10-year commitment, the type of mega deal that the Cubs, I think, are deep down are really hesitant to do uh, at this moment until they have kind of more pieces uh, to put around guys like, you know, Stroman. That said, Pat, um, how surprised were you by the Stroman signing, knowing that it's the uh, second biggest as far as AAV salary 
uh, for a player in Cub history uh, where he can max out almost as much as uh, with, with incentives. He can max out pretty much as much as uh, John Lester made, which is the top contract uh, average-wise ever offered in Cub history. How surprised were you? Well, Bruce, I think I was surprised that Stroman didn't want more years. I think a lot of times that's what these deals come down to, and I get it from his perspective that uh, two years from now he'll be, I think, 32. Um, And he's got certainly a nice track record of durability and that he should be in position to probably land another contract. I think that says something about that this is still a rebuild, that you, maybe it was because it was so rushed, and certainly the circumstances, we didn't hear this whole elaborate courtship. It was kind of this rushed thing o- over Thanksgiving, and it wasn't um, kind of some of the – what we saw with you, Darvish, where they flew down to Texas, and they made this elaborate presentation on how they could maximize uh, his talents. I mean, this is a established starting pitcher uh, who should stay healthy – and perform, and I think the Cubs will look up in two years and, and kind of see where they're at. Joined by Patrick Moon, he covers the Cubs for the Athletic here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Patrick, you're a thoughtful guy. You do your research. You do your homework. When you look into Marcus Stroman, you realize just how active he is on social media, but how much he does respond to criticism. Not always well, and maybe not always in a – in a way that you would call productive, uh, we heard Wayne Randazzo on on our station this week. You know, raise some concerns about what happened with the Mets. How prepared are you for that? And how would you describe it to somebody in terms of what Marcus Stroman's Stroman's impact will be? That's a great point, David. And, and I think you know, like with any player, you give them the benefit of the doubt, and, and ultimately these things revolve around performance and Marcus Stroman has performed um, really throughout his career. You know, he sat out uh, the 2020 season. Um, you know, but other than that, I mean, when he's healthy, he takes the ball and pitches well. And I do think certainly first impressions, I mean, Cubs fans were starved for something like this, someone to say, you know, this isn't a rebuild and someone to be on social media retweeting all of their, you know, rah-rah social media messages. So I get that part. I, I know with a lot of players coming to a place like Chicago, I mean, Wrigley Field uh, is different in a lot of ways. Uh, a lot of them good. Some of them are <laughs> take some getting used to. And so I think that's why you saw here the Cubs, you know, this doesn't have to be any more simple than, you know, a bad team with a lot of money you know, needs to sign a good pitcher, you know, who wanted to get paid and he did. And, you know, I think the fit works in terms of someone who can, you know, go out on a zoom. Ideally this would have been a Wrigley field, you know, press conference and we wouldn't be in the middle of a lockout here, but someone is, you know, gives some confidence and credibility because we all saw this after the trade deadline. It's not like they blew up their starting rotation. And that was one of the worst rotations in the game. Uh, before and after the trade deadline. And this should go a long way, uh, along with the Miley waiver claim. If you are looking for a Christmas or a Hanukkah gift for someone who's a baseball fanatic, 
the athletic offers you for 63 or 64 dollars a year some of the greatest coverage in uh all of sports on all the sports so i encourage you to go out and sign up for the athletic where you will be able to read patrick mooney and Sadav sharma and a lot of the great baseball writers including john greenberg who is listening right now and getting ready to tweet as well um it's, it's Patrick, as far as looking at the Cubs and covering baseball in general, if do you care personally or professionally if a player likes you or not? Do you care personally or professionally uh, if he blocks you on social media? Apparently, uh, some people feel that uh, that is uh, uh, something that's not acceptable. How would you look at that? How have you dealt with that, if you have, during your career? Did you did you block me, Bruce, or something? No, no, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, no, I never take things personally. I have uh, very little idea of whether or not uh, players like me or not. I don't really see uh, a reason why they would. Um, you know, I think everything uh, – this is a business. This is professional. Um I don't block people on Twitter. I think accidentally one time I might have, but I don't even really know much about that function. I try to stay off Twitter as much as I can. I don't always do a good job with that. Uh, but I, th- I do think um, it'll be interesting to see with this new labor deal what happens in terms of media access. Uh, I think right. players benefit from us being in the clubhouse as uh, annoying or as inconvenient as that may be at certain times. I think the game, uh, the larger story of the game is in many ways dictated by management, uh, by numbers that turn players into commodities and uh, makes it uh, a lot easier to talk about them as assets and things like that and not human beings. So uh, it will be interesting to see, uh, the Cubs PR department did a great job last year under really trying circumstances of trying to facilitate uh, interviews and allowing us on the field and understanding that we have a job to do. Uh, spring training last year felt, uh, this year I should say, felt quasi-normal, even though we weren't in the clubhouse. So I would hope that uh, whoever is blocking me or not, uh, that we get to a place where uh, we can give fans insights into like what's going on uh, in the clubhouse and be less reliant uh, on Zooms. Sticking with the idea of social media being pervasive, Patrick, and, and somewhat even prescient at times, Wilson Contreras tweeted out uh, an emoji of an airplane taking off and landing <laughs> after the Cubs signed Jan Gomes. And I wondered how you interpreted that. I wonder if he's just trolling Cub fans who happen to be on Twitter. And I wonder what you think is next for Wilson Contreras. Uh, more emojis. Uh, and I think that's kind of been his personality for a while. I think he enjoys uh, the trolling. Uh, this certainly wasn't uh, a one-off or a first-time uh, social media experience with Wilson. I think he is as committed and professional as uh, anyone the Cubs have had uh, in recent years, um, at least during my time covering the team, someone who really gets it. And that, you know, I think whether or not I haven't spoken 
to, to Wilson since uh, his airplane runway emojis, but uh, deep down I think he would probably realize that this is a good move for him, that if he's looking at, say, the next five, maybe ten years of his career, that he needs help, that the Cubs can't, quote, run him into the ground, and that's what multiple Cubs people um, admit they did last year and that he is, uh, we saw it during the world series I mean, he is an electrifying hitter and it's hard to do that when you're you know, leading the league in innings and in starts, um, when you're just playing so many days in a row. Um, and that, you know, Jan Gomes is, you know, a legitimate guy, you know, he's played in the world series. He's won a world series ring. Um, you know, he can help him, and it's not that he's a co-starter, but he's kind of more than a backup catcher, and I think that's how they pitched it to David Ross under different circumstances uh, when he became part of the package deal with John Lester, that um, it was just, you know, such an unproductive uh, setup, uh, just a huge drop-off from Wilson to the, I think it was eight guys they used back there. So that's correct. Uh, I think I think Wilson will will get over it, and uh, you know we'll see after the lockout if the Cubs get serious about extending him or not. Maybe they'll get some more clarity in terms of you know, the luxury tax, the rules of the game, all the stuff Jed said that he was really concerned about, and then pivoted to sign Stroman when he saw all those pitchers going off the board. Patrick, we've we've already seen uh, you know the handiwork of Carter Hawkins, the new general manager of the Cubs. Uh, show up, and I, I'm I'm going to give Jed Hoyer an awful lot of credit for um, relying on some of the things that Hawkins knew about players that they brought in with uh, Frazier and now uh, with Jan Gomes. What do, what is your perception of what that general manager's job will be like for the Chicago Cubs uh, for Hawkins under Hoyer? Bruce, do you think we'll just get more old Cleveland players instead of old Padres <laughs> and Red Sox prospects? Is that, I mean, I you know, I if, know. They're, think, if they're good, I'm all for it, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, Carter Hawkins is, you know, uh, extremely uh, capable, uh, very deeply experienced. Uh, I think it helps that they brought in someone who wasn't part of that San Diego Boston crew. Uh, I think ultimately where his biggest impact will be really hard to measure, be really hard to see will be on that farm system and kind of integrating things. And, you know, there's no kind of magic formula for this, but as you know, Bruce, like the Cubs best pitching prospects were almost across the board, all injured. And I think uh, figuring out ways to, um, kind of, like I said, integrate that, uh, really make sure that the environment for all these young prospects they've onboarded, um, that they can get better and continue to grow, whether that, that means they're part of some next core or if they're, you know, trade chips move somewhere else. I think that was a big part of why he was hired in addition to, um, the proximity he had to what's viewed as a really progressive front office and a team that it really did more with less consistently and remained competitive without uh, bottoming out. Quickly, before we let you go, Patrick, 
Who's the Cubs opening day shortstop 2022? That's a great question. Um, I'll go with someone like Jose Iglesias. I think that they're going to go defense first. I would, I, I think, you know, Nico is a great, is a, could be a great utility guy. I think it's hard to just count on him next year to make 150 starts there. Uh, I think what they want to do largely across the board in terms of position players is getting more pieces for David Ross to sub in and out. And I think a guy, I remember a couple of years ago at Wrigley Field, this is kind of my bias, of just seeing Iglesias uh, fielding grounders during BP, and it was amazing. And then I think you could get some good uh, – Good content for us, and really back up, you know, Miley Hendricks, Stroman, and really tighten up the defense, and you know, keep adding more pieces around that. Instead of spending, say, thirty-five million dollars next year on Correa, you spread that money around. But like I wrote uh, the other day, maybe the Cubs will talk themselves into Correa, and we'll all have a lot to talk about in February or March whenever they get back up and running again. Great stuff, Patrick. I really appreciate your time. Happy holidays, and, and keep up the great work. Same to you guys. Take care. Patrick Mooney covers the Cubs for The Athletic. And, Bruce, when we come back, we still have a very special weekend ahead, potentially for Chicago baseball fans. We'll talk about that next. Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. Bruce Lyon, David Haw, uh, for another segment, Bruce. And on Sunday, need to let people know this because they might be looking ahead to the Bears game, might be in a bad mood after the game, not saying, just saying. Turn on MLB Network, 5 o'clock, might get some good news. I don't want to predict this. I guess we're all hopeful here in Chicago. But the Hall of Fame Early Baseball Era Committee, Bruce, and the Golden Days Era Committee will meet to vote on a 10-player ballot, there are 20 names up for consideration, and Minnie Minoso's should be at the top of every list. Minnie Minoso, who has been referred to as the, the Latino Jackie Robinson, trailblazer, Mr. White Sox, a lot of history, a, a lot of significance. The White Sox have, as an organization, made this a priority to push his candidacy. He is deserving, and his day may be coming. Finally, finally, Bruce, on Sunday. With the inclusion of uh, the now uh, Negro League stats uh, in Major League Baseball stats, that pushes Minnie to another level. He was an MVP player in the Negro Leagues for three years before he hit Major League Baseball. Uh, That has gotten the attention of some of the voters. Uh, The voters are a combination of broadcasters, players, former executives, Uh, 16 on the panel. You must get 12 of the 16 votes to get in. There are nine other names, including Dick Allen, who is well-deserving, as is Billy Pierce. For the life of me, I don't know why Billy Pierce is not in the Hall of Fame. So uh, we're hoping uh, good news for these uh, former White Sox stars, especially Minnie and his family. Obviously, uh, they are no longer with us, uh, the players that we're talking about. But It'd be a wonderful thing for the uh, the teams and especially the families of those uh, great players. It'd be a great accomplishment and and a great thing to recognize that that what he represented to so many people, Bruce. Just looking back, you know, he played in so many decades and he was around so long, even after his playing career at times. 
do you have any interactions with with many? Do you have good, nice uh, memories in terms of dealing with him, the person? Well, I'm lucky enough and old enough to have watched him play, and he was a great, great, great player playing in a cavernous ballpark where you could not hit home runs. And so he relied on speed, on extra base hits, on great defensive plays, on being a part of the go-go White Sox of that era that stole bases, that hit and run, uh, that uh, that used uh, their baseball smarts to win baseball games and be one of the top teams all the way from 1951 through 1965 uh, because of that. Uh, with the wild card implemented back then, David, White Sox would have been in the playoffs probably six or seven more times during that era. And Minnie was in a big part of that. So uh, we're hoping good things for Minnie, yep. Dick Allen, Billy Pierce coming up. Uh, great show today, David. A lot of people to thank, including Tom Hardricott from uh, Milwaukee Journal, Patrick uh, Mooney from uh, The Athletic, a great job by Adam Staczynski, our great producer. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. On our website, writing Cubs and Sox, 670thescore.com. Have a great week, David. Have a great weekend, Bruce. Stay tuned here. Saturday Suckage is next. And then 245, DePaul Basketball. They play Loyola. Zach Zabin, Dave Corzine on the call. Mullen Haw on Monday morning, 5 a.m., talking about that Bears game. Thanks for listening inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.